You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Get into the Word of God today. And um, today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to communicate that in a second. But if you've been with us, you know that we've been announcing a new book of the Bible that we're going to be going through. We're going to be starting that next week. And so next week, we're starting the book of Acts. Very exciting. Uh, Really stoked to see what God has for us to actually look at the early church. Look at the church that we're supposed to model, brothers and sisters in Christ that are just trying to do it. Uh, The Holy Spirit falls upon them, and God uses ordinary men and women to do extraordinary things for the gospel, and uh, it's going to be a really exciting year going through that. But prior to that, uh, I wanted to pause and take a Sunday to cast some vision of where we feel as a church that we're going. Um, Each year we've done this, usually in January. This is our third time doing it. Uh, We take a Sunday to either remind us of our DNA as reality or communicate any new direction or any vision of where we may be uh, feeling the Lord leading us. And why I think that's important is first off because we believe that God speaks, right? And he has a unique purpose for this local expression of his church. And and we're endeavoring to constantly ask God to lead us because we believe it's his church. It's not our church, not my church. It's It's not our church, it's his. I'm not the senior pastor, Jesus is. And we get that term, senior pastor, chief shepherd, from 1 Peter chapter five, and that term we believe is reserved for Jesus. Uh, That's not why you wouldn't call me a senior pastor. If you do, I'm not going to, like, correct you. Just know, don't call me that. Um, But I am a shepherd, but you can think of me as an under-shepherd under the chief shepherd. That's that's why we view our church. It's God's church. He's the chief shepherd, and he speaks to us and leads us by his word and by his spirit. Why I also believe it's important to communicate to to us is that uh, we see this as a family, that we do this together, that this isn't just some top-down hierarchy, but rather we want to involve all of us in where we feel God is leading us so that all of us can be a part of it. Because we don't don't think a few should be doing God's work and building his kingdom, that we're all members of one body with one mind and one accord uh, used by God for his glory. And it's important, though, to, 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 to cast vision and reiterate and communicate it kind of when you have it, because first and foremost, it's, it's a biblical concept, right? We, we get this, uh, this phrase, without vision, the people perish. It's actually Proverbs 28, 19. There's a value in, in being led by God. Casting vision, knowing where we're going, like what we should be doing as followers of Jesus. And to use a cultural reference, um, I just watched Star Wars, and I'm not going to spoil it. I won't do that, because I'm not a Star Wars geek anyway. But there's this, towards the end, there's this big battle coming, and there's not many of the good guys. Rebel- I don't know, I'm not a good guy. Re- rebellion? No? Yeah. Okay, see? I'm not... A- but I think it's Poe. 
he, he turns, and there's this line that really spoke to me. See how I'm botching this already? People are like, dude, you're killing me. But he says this. He says, we're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. And then, obviously, the movie happens, and I won't spoil it. But the point is, is that vision leads us. Vision leads us. And so what I want to do is cast some vision today to share some things that really have been stuff that we've been praying about and feeling God stirring and kind of giving us some bits and pieces for a long time now. Um, When God first spoke about this new work, it was about eight years ago this March, that it just kind of first on the radar to my wife and I, I felt like God wants to do this new work in Honolulu and us to be a part of it. Um, We believe that things began to stir at that time. And even this past year, a handful of of leaders here met regularly to pray and to seek God and alongside the, the Reality Honolulu Board of Trustees to really ask God what he would have for us. And we feel like some of it's fleshed out, finally, a bit. And I personally am uh, really excited to share this and where God's leading us. Um, but before I pray, a few more precursors. This is only going to scratch the surface. Like so many of you are going like, to want like way more. Um, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be detailed or exhaustive, but rather just more of a compass heading. It's where we believe the boat is going. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like or how to do it by any means. And that's why it's not exhaustive, because we don't have all the answers Um, or even much detail of all that's happening. We just know that God is saying, go this way. It's more of a compass heading. It's more of a road sign, so to speak, and we're not really sure of what the journey will look like, Um, but today is just as much for me as it's for you, and forgive me if it sounds a little bit like verbally processing, but uh, I'm excited for it, so let's pray for our time this morning. God, thank you that you lead us. Thank you that we don't just have to try to figure out everything that you give us, your word and your spirit, and you speak. We believe that God speaks to his people. And we thank you, Lord, that you, um, by your grace, involve us in the building of your kingdom. God, we take that as a gift and an honor, and we're so undeserving, but you, you choose to Use us. We we are co-laborers with Christ to see your kingdom come in Hawaii as it is in heaven. So God, we ask that you would um, be with us, speak through us, use me as your mouthpiece this morning to communicate the truths of your word and the leading of your spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, I want to first off, um, just if you don't know, Reality Honolulu is part of a family of churches. It's important to kind of know that first. Uh, We share common origin, ministry practices, ministry philosophy. Uh, We support each other, and we're knit together by relationship. Uh, It started in a little beach town of Carpinteria, California, just south of Santa Barbara, California, you don't know where that is, about an hour and a half north of Los Angeles, so kind of central California there, if you're familiar at all with California. 
17 years ago, this work, ha- this work started, and since then, uh, God has led the Reality family. It wasn't a family, it was a single church, but it's become a family, and there's uh, five other realities in California, there's one on the East Coast, one in Europe, and a little over two years ago, uh, we were born in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right? That, that, that's our family, and God has placed each reality in a very unique and different context and culture. And what has been important to us, like across the board with each of these, and and because it's important, because it's important to Paul uh, when he went and planted churches, are two things. One is to contend for the gospel, to to let the gospel be be known, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to all people. But also... In each individual context was to contextualize to the people of that land and of that culture. Like for example, Carpinteria, very different to Boston, to London, and now in Hawaii, those places couldn't be more different. And the approach should in each context be different. And so coming to Hawaii, obviously I'm not from here, I'm aware of that, get it? Our prayer and the thing in which we're being, we've been really mindful is how in this very unique and special culture and land, how we ought to be the church, right? To contextualize and communicate the truths of the gospel in the most fruitful and God-honoring way. In other words, we've been asking God, what's our part? in your unfolding kingdom here in Hawaii. Because reality Honolulu is just one piece of the puzzle, right? I believe God has different churches be different so that he can meet different needs. It's actually a good thing. If every church was the same, that would be weird, but also wouldn't be true to who we are or the differences of people and how they interact with the Lord. And I don't think it's right or even proper to even try to be the best church. Like, what all churches need to do, but I'll just speak to us today, is what we need to do is to be the, the, the most faithful to God, to what he's calling us to. Right? Our role as a church is not to compete to be the biggest or the best but rather be faithful to our part of God's story. Being the biggest or the best is never the goal. Never our goal, never will be. Happy to be in a cafeteria. Love it. Love that there's food and cockroaches on the ground when we get in here on Sunday. (laughs) Amazing. It's good for us. But our role as a church, and I believe the church, shouldn't be to compete with each other and be the biggest or the best, or we do, we do it differently, or we offer all the programs or whatever. I'm not saying that if a church does that, it's bad, but we should be thinking about it. Rather, what is God specifically calling our church in, in the big picture, in the puzzle? What's our puzzle piece? And so the most important question is, as Reality Honolulu, is what's our kuleana? What's our responsibility as a church? Our role, our responsibility in, in, in God's kingdom. What's our calling, so to speak? 
And as messy as church can be, and, and many of you know this firsthand, and I wish you didn't, but a new church plant like ours does become a refuge and a rehab for many of you, and I'm glad it is. And I'm thankful to God that he called us at a certain time so that you could meet with Jesus. As messy as the church can be, I personally still believe in God's vision for his church. And it's a good one. It's wonderful. Until I meet with Jesus face to face, that's what I, what's I, I desire personally my life to be a part of, to see the Lord's church, his bride, become what it's supposed to be. Not just reality, but all Christians. And in Revelation chapter 7, we get this heavenly view of what the church will be like as it worships God in heaven. This is what we're going to look forward to. So John, the author, speaking here, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12, I have it on PowerPoint, says this. I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, and from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. They sang, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever, amen. Do you see that? Who's there? It's every people from every unique tribe in their own language, but in unity, gathered in worship. That is an incredible picture of what the church will be like. It's not a maybe. It's not a, I hope so. This is what is going to happen. And our heart and desperate prayer has been and will be that we would be a church that is multi-everything. All peoples, all colors, all back backgrounds, all ages. My prayer is that this local expression of God's church would be a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational family that is united when gathered together to worship Jesus. And I see that this has already started to happen here, and it brings me like incredible joy to see the great unity in Christ amongst such diversity and difference in our church. It's as the church should be. It really is. But looking at that grand vision and seeing glimpses of it, but what's important for us to admit and be aware of is that we're not in Revelation chapter 9 yet. And we live in the midst of a really broken world. And when it comes to people, instead of unity, 
of diversity. There's been centuries old division, pain, and you name it has happened. And even when communicating this vision to other pastors of, wouldn't it be amazing if this could happen here on earth prior to heaven? If Revelation chapter 9, many are way too jaded and think there is no possible way that such thing could even happen in the world we live in today. There's just too much division. There's too much brokenness. Even in the church, there's doubt that this can happen. But I believe in order to live into a future reality, uh, no pun intended, of the church God has intended, it's critical that we are aware and we learn from the past. It's critical that we learn from the past. This is, this is important, um, even from a biblical standpoint, to look to what God has done to be right, encouraged, to be our, our faith be boosted. If God did that, he can do it again. I mean, that is like the story of Exodus over and over. Remember the things that I've done for you so that in the future when... Right, the memorial stones, the Ebenezer stone, these are all uh, tangible reminders to remember what God has done. It's also important that we learn from history and know the spiritual climate of the people that we're trying to love and care for. There's these uh, incredible church and pastors down in New Zealand, um, both Maori and Kiwi, that are doing some incredible work with the complexities of, of life down in New Zealand, but in their own context, they're trying to see God's kingdom come, and they'll die on the hill of, it is so important that we know the reality of what has happened to the people here in order for us to effectively go forward for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They use this illustration of a rowboat, and the way that you row a rowboat is you're actually looking backward to go forward, right? You're looking back where you came from, but you're rowing and you're moving forward. You're looking to the past to move forward to the future. We believe it's important to know and learn and examine the unique complexities and hardships and hurts and barriers to the gospel unique to each culture and people here in Hawaii. We believe it's critical to learn of what God has done here through his people, all the problems, all the complexities, all the hurts that have been associated. And so for here, as a local expression in Hawaii, we feel a real conviction and leading to look at the hard stuff. That looking at the hard stuff of the past is critical to God doing a lasting, uh, redemptive, and renewing work here in Hawaii. And what I mean by that is that we need to be aware of what's happened here. We need to take a look back at the 200 years and change, at the hard stuff of what's happened. And as a side note, as a church, we're going to talk about the hard stuff. Um, we believe that God meets us most there, that right, we're really good at dodging and hiding and running, but um, 
we want to be real and have God meet us in the hard stuff. And so in this case, we believe it's critical to actually look at the past and the formation of Hawaii's history and to specifically be aware of the good, the bad, the ugly effects that Christianity and colonization has happened in this land. For what's been done, the effects that, that are still lingering, the barriers that have formed, that have kept people from God and the church. Right? So to be aware, to talk about it, to acknowledge it. And I understand that what I just said is sensitive and be touchy. And that's exactly why it's not talked about much. But just because it is, isn't how it should be, right? And what we feel God stirring us is how we as a church, how can we as a church be a source of healing and restoration for the first people here on the land? And after years of prayer, I, I believe one of, one of the unique roles is to care about and see healing and reconciliation come to Native Hawaiians. I do. I believe that wholeheartedly. And man, we are humbly asking God how we could ever have a place and a part to be used in this way. And there is totally no answers there. There is, if you want to know the plan, there's no plan. All we have is a compass heading from Jesus. And it's for sure uncharted territory. But remember who our captain is, right? Not me, it's not us, it's Jesus. Again, this isn't the only thing that we're going to be doing at all, by all means. This is a part of it though. But again, we care and God cares about all people, right? All ethnicities, all cultures, and all people. We just saw that view in Revelation chapter 9. But we do believe that God desires for us to have his emphasis, to care, to talk about, to be aware of it. And um, today actually is, is three years of moving to Hawaii for me and my wife and family. But even before, didn't have really much interaction with Hawaii at all before that, but even before I knew a Hawaiian, God had given, and I'm serious in this, a love for them that I cannot describe. I love the people of Hawaii. And church, we live in Hawaii. We cannot forget the Hawaiians. That's just, we've got to live in that. Got to be mindful of that. So to boil this down, what we feel our unique kuleana to be, as reality Honolulu, is a community following Jesus Seeking the renewal of the land. The land, right? The aina and the people of this land, the kama aina. That means Native Hawaiians. That means locals. Insert your ethnicity. That means transplants. Join the club. It means military. It means college students. YWAMers. We have, we'll talk about that later, but love you, YWAM. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. We're a people that are following Jesus, desiring to see renewal in the land and its people and all that live in the land. So what might that look like? 
What would that even, what are some maybe some practical ways forward? Well, just like the rowboat illustration, looking to the past to move forward to the future, in order to get to Revelation, we have to look at Genesis. In order to even live into the picture that God wants, or it's going to happen, we need to go back to the beginning where it all began. And I believe it goes back to our design by God to be stewards of creation. Right in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 29, God is creating everything. It says this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. When it talks about rule or reign here, is actually the concept of stewardship or responsibility to promote flourishing to all people and all creation. God made us in his image to be stewards over all creation. So what we need to understand is that we are part of all creation. Not necessarily over it in the sense, but rather part of it. So the land, the animals, humans were all important, and it's important that we have a right relatedness to creation that we're a part of. Part of this flourishing that God is talking about is, is the cultures that have happened around the world. Each culture in the world is a beautiful part of human flourishing. Culture isn't bad, it's good. It's actually living out God's command in Genesis chapter 1 to be fruitful and multiply and flourish in creation. It's exactly what God told him to do. So, so music, food, language, innovation, technology, you name it, that's the flourishing of creation. It's definitely part of it. And yes, we can mess with all these things. We can worship things. They're not God. Like We messed all this up for sure. Or we do it all the time. But my point being is that culture and difference in culture and, and the gloriousness that there's not only hamburgers in the world. Right? Like there's, there's multiple kinds of music and languages and people groups is a beautiful thing. And it's something of creation flourishing. And right, like for us here in Hawaii, culture is amazing. Like, I, ha I have done my fair share of traveling. Like, my, before kids, my wife and I, like, that's what we did. Let's go see the whole world. Like, we did it. And I'm going to tell you right now, Hawaii is, in my opinion, many of yours I know, the most special and unique and amazing place in the world. Let's just talk for a second about the, one of the greatest things that has ever happened, the Spam Musabi. 
no, guys, I've only been here three years. I've only, a lot of you guys grew up in it, and you're like, I'm over that thing. You're probably not, though. You love it. Guys, you don't understand. Like, the, the, this, this grab-and-go snack, like, I'm mainland, you stop at a gas station, like, on a trip, you're like, the options are not good. Anywhere you go, I don't care where you went. It's not good. But the spam mousse be, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a meal. There's rice, there's spam, it's warm. This is amazing. No, I'm telling you right now, guys, that's like one small part. Like literally, this is, but I'm telling you, this is my point. My point. This is such, this is an example. I love Spam Um, Such an incredible flourishing of creation is seen here in Hawaii. But also, as a church, as a people, as, as, as humans, especially as Christians, we need to have a healthy awareness of its brokenness. It's not hard to see if you just look. But spiritually, right, economically, socially, right, homelessness or, or houselessness if, you know, because Hawaii is your home, but you don't have a house. Right, drugs, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, some of these are the top of the nation in percentage. So broken and hurting. This wonderful, beautiful, amazing place. And also, if you're aware, there's deep wounds this year and struggles that are attached to places like Mauna Kea and Sherwoods and Kahuku, right? Across the board, amongst all peoples here, there is real hurt, brokenness, and need for Jesus. And we need to endeavor to look and listen and try to understand the brokenness that is in our island home. And we need to see that there's an overwhelming need for healing and restoration, <coughs> excuse me, as re and renewal as God has intended it all to be. So, I believe as a church that God is calling us to be the bridge. Right? One of our primary functions as Christians in the world that we just saw in Genesis is to be stewards of God's creation to promote flourishing of the land and its people. So as stewards, we're actually helping bringing God's goodness and his kingdom into a very broken world. We're supposed to be the bridge to that. And so as stewards of creation, flourishing... It means that we're supposed to get involved with the issues that are hurting creation, right? The people and the land to be involved and be an active part in seeing God's renewal come. And my hope is that we do that over the next year and couple years and decade in life of the church. That we're involved in seeing flourishing and renewal come to the land and its people. And Paul would elaborate our role a, a bit more than the creation narrative. In his letter to the church in Corinth, he wrote that we actually are supposed to be ministers of reconciliation between God and between people. So not only are we stewards of creation to promote human flourishing, but we're also to be ministers of reconciling God to people. 
right? Sin has broken a relationship. People are far from God. And we have now been invited by God into this work. God wants to use us to bring people that were far off from God now near to him as ministers of reconciliation. I believe this church is to be used by God to see renewal come to the land and the people of Hawaii. So I'll end here. Church, I desperately want to see people that are far off from God find Jesus. Those and their people that were hurt by the church healed. I want to see people love Jesus in their own culture, in their own language, and to see Revelation 9 come to pass. And here's why, even though a lot of people say it can't be done this side of heaven, here's why I believe that we may be able to see glimpses of it coming because Jesus told us to pray for it. Right? Matthew 6, 9 through 13. I'm so thankful. Jesus taught us. He said, pray in this way. This is what he said. This is what he's telling us. This is what Jesus is telling us how to pray for this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, where? On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and let us lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. On earth as it is in heaven. Church, we don't have the details of this journey. But we should start and sustain and continue to be praying that what's happening or what will happen in heaven, Revelation 9, that even in the midst of a fallen and broken world, that we would get glimpses of it. God, make us be a church of every tongue, tribe, and nation. God, let us have all people, all ethnicities, all languages here in this church. Guys, I see it happening. I see it. And there's more to come. Right? Our prayer should be in Honolulu as it is in heaven or in Hawaii as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we are incredibly thankful for the place that we get to call home. We are so thankful, Lord, for every group of people, for the diversity, for the mix, for the different cultures. Thank you that you love every single man, woman, and child here in Hawaii, and you desire to meet with them, whether it's past hurts, whether it's sin, whether it's brokenness. Whatever the issue is, whatever the problem, wherever they're at, God, would you, God, make us a church that's about our Father's business. God, we want to be sensitive, we want to be humble, we want to be careful, but also we want to be anointed and empowered to be not only stewards of creation, but ministers of reconciliation. God, we thank you 
that you're the one leading us. And God, over the course of this year and the years to come, God, would you continue to use us and show us and lead us and give give us opportunities to see reconciliation and renewal come to the people of Hawaii. So God, have your way with us as we worship you now. We want to recall the past of what you've done for us and who you are. God, we want to recall the cross this morning. That you looked down on all humanity and while we were yet sinners, Christ, you died for us. You laid down your life in our place so that we wouldn't have to pay the penalty for our own sin. You paid it for us. There is much to worship you for this morning and we pray that corporately gathered that we would glorify your name in this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.